You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. By the way, Atreyu's not here tonight because he's not feeling well. It's prayers for him this evening, kind of the same situation, I think. Um, but growing in the Gospels, where we kind of looked at, you look at the Gospel theme, and let's start look, reading in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 1, and we'll read down to verse number 12. The Bible says, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain, but even after we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, and again, what happened at Philippi? How were they shamefully treated at Philippi? They were, they were beaten and put in jail there. And uh, what chapter is that in Acts? Can you read about that? 12? Just a guess. Because um, I wasn't asking because I know. I was really curious. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. Um, and again, we, this is what we preached about last time, so I'm not going to do these verses, but it's, um, it's important for the context of tonight's verses. But I, I did think about that, the pureness of the gospel, and that's kind of what we talked about, the gospel being preached, the gospel also being lived. Verse number four, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, uh, so the emphasis, the fact that we are stewards of the gospel, we need to be faithful put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we, were, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Now here's where we get into tonight's section, all right? So, but it's a continuation, but... We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. All right, so I'm, I'm going to try to get you to help think with me a little bit tonight. Even as a nurse cherisheth her children. And that, that's really a reference to a nursing mother. Paul is saying, the way that I treated you and felt toward you and acted toward you was like a nursing mother. Is that awkward at all? Um, a man saying that to these people. But we'll be able to see... And, and I want you to think a little bit about that, but we'll, we'll get back. But that's kind of what he introduces here. And then he tells, he kind of expounds on that thought. Again, verse 7, But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse, nurse chairs to her children. So how does a mom think about her baby? So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. For ye remember, brethren, our labor and travail and laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. So, of course, the, the, the church of Thessalonians was founded much like this church and many others. Uh, uh, well, 
It wasn't because Paul went there, but in their case, Paul came to town, preached the gospel, and these people were saved by the grace of God. Uh, and aren't you glad that God's still saving souls today? The gospel, folks, is still transforming lives. And, and, and I love you reading through those verses because we still don't need deceit or guile. Uh, that word guile, there's a cool word picture there. There's, there we, we understand that there's a deceit factor in guile, but the particular word picture in that verse means to bait a hook. means to bait a hook. Uh, you know, like you're trying to maybe make the gospel a little bit more appealing or whatever. And our lives can make the gospel appealing. Don't misunderstand me. But he's just saying, I come preaching the gospel to you. I mean, and folks, the gospel still matters. And so, here's the thing. He said there, as we mentioned already, we talked about last time, that we've all been put in trust with the gospel. So, how many of you have heard the gospel and been saved by the grace of God? Amen? All right, wonderful. So, if you've heard the gospel been, and been saved by the grace of God, there's a wonderful, wonderful response, a glorious responsibility that we have because now we have the gospel. It's been put into our trust. And so we now have something that we're to share with other people. So now, as God's people, we're supposed to be sharing the gospel with other people, trying to lead other people to the Lord. Now, ultimately, it's God's business whether or not people get saved or not. I can't save anybody. But what I can do is I can do everything that I can to try to share the gospel with people, uh, love people, get to know people. You look at what Jesus did. Jesus was among the people and share the gospel with somebody. Uh, a, a very, very good thing to do, uh, I would encourage you to do, is, uh, is and, and you could even do this right now tonight, and I'm, I'm trying to get to the rest of the message, but it starts with these people being saved. But remember, uh, I don't know who led you to the Lord, and I don't know where you first heard the gospel. Uh, you know, for, I, I'm looking around, and I just know some of you heard the gospel growing up in your home. You know, you were, you were brought up, hearing the gospel message, and you were saved uh, through the faithful preaching and the witness maybe of your parents or whatever, and that's a glorious thing, but some of us had somebody else tell us the gospel. I, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home uh, as far as a, you know, people that really knew the Lord home, because you may have been brought up in a Christian home as far as, you know, kind of American standards, but as far as, you know, a, a home that really understood and communicated, you must be born again. Uh, maybe you weren't that way, but somebody communicated the gospel to you. And if you were saved in your home, you know, through your family, somebody communicated the gospel. And here's the great thing. We've been talking about this some on Sunday mornings for the, sun, the, the, the Bible study before church, um, you know, otherwise known as Sunday school. But sometimes we don't call it that because parents think, I don't want to come to Sunday school. But anyway, uh, but we've been talking about how that you, basically, if you're saved, you're a missionary. If you're saved, you are a missionary. There's a missionary uh, that works at your school, Nicole. Uh, and it's Nicole, amen? And, uh, and, and, and Johnson Feed has a missionary. And, and, uh, and Imperial uh, Ironworks has a missionary. And boy, do they need it. Uh, there, there's a, I know there's at least one big heathen that works there. Uh, but... Uh, there's a missionary there. Hy-Vee has a missionary. Just right on down the line, you go, you know, Elk Point Jefferson has, has a couple missionaries. You know, Akron has a missionary. Whit, I mean, uh, where you are, if you're saved by the grace of God, Hunt Farms has some missionaries down there. You are a missionary. Um, but then this, the question is, what, what kind of missionary are you? But he, here's a good thing to do. If you don't even know where to start when it comes to wit, wit, winning people to Christ, hey, start by thinking about some people that you know and care about. 
Can you think of maybe five people that, that you know and that you love that do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Or you're not sure they do. Five people. Well, you could take five people and you can start a prospect list. And, and in other words, people, prospective people that... I'll, do you believe these five people can be saved? Of course they can. Now, what can I do? Number one, if I've got them on a list, it's going to help me to remember to pray for them. So I've got them on this list. I'm praying for them. And something else I'm going to do is weekly, uh, I'm going to call them, text them, go by and see them, send them a letter, depending on the type of relationship that you may have with them, and uh, just reach out to them. Invite them to church, share a verse with them, try to have a meal with them every once in a while. Uh, you know, whatever it is, but, but, but an investment into trying to, and you say, well, man, I don't know. What if they start asking me questions that I don't know the answers to? Uh, you, you know what I do when people ask me uh, questions I don't know the answer to? I just make stuff up. No, I'm just kidding. I say, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. Uh, I'll try to find out for you. That's a great question. I don't know. But if I'm talking to somebody that's not saved, uh, sometimes I can kind of tell that they're just kind of trying to change the subject. Sometimes it's a sincere question. But regardless, uh, you know, you can just befriend people and try to share the gospel and say, and say, hey, have I ever told you about my faith? Have I ever told you about when I, when I accepted Christ? And, and I, you know, I love you, I care about you. Have you ever accepted, a, accepted Christ? But just something, building a relationship, sharing a verse, sharing a message with them, inviting them, whatever the case may be, uh, but I, I encourage, we, we are all entrusted with the gospel. Pray. And if you don't do anything else, start. That's an amazing thing. If you'll start calling that, per, those, that person or those people's name out, literally calling their name out to God in prayer. It's amazing how God will begin to work them more into your heart. And it'll also be amazing when God all of a sudden opens up the door to speak to them. So I just want to encourage all of us in sharing the gospel we're all stewards of the gospel um, but there's another thing about this okay and that gets into our verses tonight um, guided by the gospel paul here in these verses paul says when i came among you i came and i preached the gospel to you and in john 3 verse 3 what did jesus call we all we generally around here always talk about being saved or knowing christ uh, there's several there's several terms you can use for the same thing, but in John three three, what did Jesus call being saved, being born again? All right. So if you're saved, if you were among those that said yes, I heard the gospel and I I turned to Christ, believed on Christ, then you you were saved, you were born again. So if you're here tonight, the odds are you have been born the first time. All right, you've all had a physical birth, but you've also had a spiritual birth if you're saved by the grace of God. So Anna, just like you were born and then grow, you haven't been this big and smart your whole life, have you? Pretty, pretty close, I think. Um, but, you know, you're born and then you grow. Uh, you know, Ryan, uh, Anna, one of the reasons y'all have grown so much is y'all have a mommy and a daddy that care a lot for you, don't you? Fed you, take care of you, do that thing, as well as your grandparents, aunts, and uncles. But So Paul is saying that I came among you, I preached the gospel, and I saw you born. I saw you born again. Okay? Uh, but 
But just like a mother doesn't give birth as a general rule and say, well, that was great. And you're on your own, kid. Paul said, no, I didn't do that. You were born again. And I thought, oh boy, look how cute. Look how precious. Then again, I'm going to make it weird, but, 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 but it's, it's the picture that he's trying to use here. Paul is saying that just like a mom with a nursing baby, he says, that's the way I felt towards you. And this is very real to me, not in the sense that I'm a nursing mother, but in the sense that I have a, uh, a new granddaughter. Uh, I don't know if I've told you about her or not. We got her picture uh, that we put up. But anyway, uh, but she's, she's going to be six months old on Friday, by the way. And I want to tell you, I love that little girl to death. I do. And so as I was studying this today, I was thinking about that. And so I want you to think with me about, you know, some of the characteristics of, of a baby uh, and growing and parents' feelings toward a baby. But before we do, I want to challenge you and myself with this paradigm. Because if you notice, one of the big, big things about the 21st century church, at, like, you know, and I use that term generically in the big sense, is there's a whole lot of me about the, the, the church, right? In other words, a lot, of the, a lot of the more famous preachers, their messages appeal to so many people because it's about how you can be blessed and how that you can be a success and how that you, 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 you. And it's all about you. It's about your happiness and it's about your joy and it's about... And, and, and there's truth to that, but what gets missed sometimes is really we aren't supposed to come first. Number one, Jesus comes first. Yeah, you ever seen the old acronym? You know, Jesus first, others second, uh, then yourself last, J-O-Y. Because it's like J-Y-O, it don't even spell anything, right? Uh, it's definitely not joy. And so uh, that's good logic, right? So, but, but, but it's a true point. If we seek our, I say it all the time, but if we seek our own all the time, I'm telling you that you really don't find joy in that. So there's this challenge, number one, that as God's people, we're supposed to be actively trying to see others come to Christ. And again, that doesn't mean that you've got to walk around with your Bible as a flaming evangelist all the time. It just means that, you, that it's always on your mind and that, that when you're talking to unsaved people, you're just kind of maybe looking for an opportunity to uh, j j maybe just be a friend, show an interest in them, uh, and eventually be able to share the gospel with them. But, um, all right, so think about this. Matthew 28, verse 20, this is the Great Commission, where the Bible says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. So he said in, you know, so I shared uh, 20, 19 says, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. All right, so that's the first part. Preach the gospel, see people saved. Then teach them to observe all things. Whatsoever I've commanded you. Okay, so now, in fairness, the, the message tonight is the Apostle Paul talking about his relationship with this Thessalonian church. He is an apostle. He is the preacher. And so you would be right to say, preacher, before you go too far into this, isn't that the preacher's job to fulfill verse number 20 of Matthew 28? 
You know, and isn't it more the preacher of that that's Paul when it comes to the effort that he's putting into these new babes, these new babies in Christ? Is, and, and I would say, yes, it is talking about preachers for sure, but I would challenge the idea that it's only talking about preachers. But here's a good verse that would confirm that this message really starts up here, just like I feel like any message does, and then goes to you. But uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11 and he gave some apostles. I didn't email uh, Ryan this outline, so he's playing catch up. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So these are all the preaching and speaking gifts. This is the preachers, the pastors, the teachers. And he says, I gave preachers and teachers to the church. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Now, that word perfecting, What's, a, what's another good way to describe that word perfecting? Maturing, whole. So don't get the idea. We're not talking about sinlessness here. And when you read the word perfect in the Bible, you're generally not reading about sinlessness. You're talking about being complete, being whole, maturing, growing. And so for the perfecting of the saints, the growth of the saints, the maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, so the building up of the body of Christ. But I think it's interesting, if you would, um, okay, look at, well, I'll, I'll first use this example. Acts chapter 18, verse 26. Acts 18, verse 26. Can I get a volunteer to go read that, or is it up there? Because then it would be really easy, wouldn't it? I heard somebody turning. Acts 18, 26, Chad. All right, so this is a cool story. Uh, Apollos, I mean, the silver-tongued preacher. I mean, preaching the Word, man. And they hear him. He, he's boldly proclaiming the Word of God. He's a preacher. But the thing is, is he's after the baptism of John, and he hasn't really uh, learned the, the, the truth of the gospel. to the, So Aquila and Priscilla, this husband and wife team, we have no record of them being preachers or anything like that at all. But this couple comes up to this preacher after he gets done preaching and says, Hey, Apollos, uh, could we take you to Chili's after church today? And, uh, and they go to Chili's and they sit down and they say, Apollos, that was a great message, but I think you, 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 there's, some thi there's some things that have developed that you may not be aware of. And Aquila and Priscilla, and I love the fact that it doesn't just say Aquila, it says Aquila and Priscilla. And I tell you, by the way, i got to tell you this, from the time before I ever got married, uh, before I ever got married, I learned about Aquila and Priscilla, and I wanted to be like Aquila and Priscilla. Because it's never just, just Aquila or Priscilla, it's Aquila and Priscilla ministering together. Now, my goal in my life has been for it to be Jesse and Melanie, amen? Uh, working together, ministering together, laboring together. And I thank God for an amazing woman in... Uh, virtually every way, uh, but not the least of which is laboring with me, serving next to me, you know, for 20 years in South Dakota alone, 
Uh, and that doesn't include the other five years that she stood by me. I've, she married a preacher, okay? So she's always been there, and this is awesome. Appreciate her. But Aquila and Priscilla, they sat down with the preacher, and they invested in him, okay? So I'm just showing you that example. Now, here's another really good example. And go over to the book of Hebrews if, with me, if you would, please. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. I'm turning with you, so you might as well turn over there. I want you to see these verses. Hebrews chapter number 5, and I'm, then I'm going to get to these verses. And I want you to think about some things. Think about maybe some things that are challenging about a baby. Uh, I thought that might would be a fun one to talk about. But notice what the Bible says in Hebrews 5. And I want to begin reading in verse number uh, 10, I believe. Got it right here in front of me. All right, Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 10. Now, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and are hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. Basically understand this. Paul's saying, man, I've got some heavy stuff I'm going to lay on you right here. But I can't. And here's why he says he can't. It says they're dull of hearing. When it, when it, here's what he says, verse 12. For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have had need of milk, and not of strong milk, strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Long story short, you look at those verses and then come back to 1 Thessalonians 2, what you see is that the writer of Hebrews is saying, man, I got some heavy stuff again I want to lay on you. I want some things I want to teach, but I can't because y'all haven't developed yet. You haven't grown. Um... You know, it's just, just like Era right now. Era's funny because, you know, she's always wanting food uh, that she can't have. Matter of fact, she's always trying to put a bunch of stuff in her mouth that she can't have. Um, think with me about babes. Our, oh, yes, there she is. And there's another beautiful girl right holding next to her. You can't quite see her too good, but that's Natalie holding her. Uh, that's her out at the uh, Flourish Flower Farm on Sunday evening. But there she is. She'd probably eat that flower if you let her. She had tried to eat it, all right? But here's the thing. There, but, but she's not ready for, you know, the, the food that she was trying to grab from Grammy this uh, afternoon. She's not ready for that uh, because she's not developed yet. And Paul's saying, man, y'all have known Christ because here's the wonderful thing. When you're born again, you're a babe in Christ. So we have the excuse, right, as a babe in Christ, um, but what he's saying is, these people, you ought to be teachers by now. He's saying, you, in other words, he's saying, all I can do is give you milk. He said, but not only should I already be able to give you meat, he said, but you should already be giving milk to others and meat to others. But you're, he's just talking to the normal people and saying, you ought to be in a place where you are teaching and helping others in the Word helping others to mature, helping other babes to grow. So the challenge is for those of us that are saved is that, number one, may God help us to lead others to Christ. Number two, help us to take those that are, that are brand new Christians 
And then sometimes you can have people that have been saved for years, but they've just never been fed. They've never, they, they weren't in a, a church or, or an environment to where they were really able to learn uh, the great truths of God's Word. By the way, aren't you glad? Man, I'm telling you, there, there's some of us sometimes that, that bellyache a little bit about some of the negatives that we had uh, in our uh, independent, fundamental, you know, judgmental, everything else, uh, Baptist church. But i tell you one thing, man. I sure did learn the Word of God in there. Amen? Now, I know, I know some lines got blurry along the way, but I'm telling you, I'm glad for the meat of the Word that I got and have grown up on and continue to teach and preach until this day because it's sound doctrine. But the goal is, is for us to grow in the grace of God so that we might help others grow in the grace of God. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Um, and so just notice a couple things here. Uh, real quickly tonight, we see affection, we see action, and then we see uh, admonition, we see words. But notice the affection uh, there, again, beginning in verse number 7. He says, we were gentle among you. Uh, look at verse number 8. Being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls. Ye were dear unto us. Okay, think about this affection. Now, if you've had a child, or if you were a child, children take time and devotion, don't they? Um, they take effort, and that's what Paul put forth. Now, I was, I was talking earlier, thinking about this. Uh, what are some of the challenges of a baby? What are, some of the, what are some of the things that can be challenging if you have a baby? They're needy. Yes. Uh, and... And, and, and honestly, you know, with, with the age of Steph, I mean, you got a toddler and you got a baby. You, well, I guess you got a toddler and a, yeah, I guess, Ella, where that's at. So you got two needy kids, right? Uh, but, but here's, but okay, here, here's where we can open up the discussion a little bit. You know what? We ought to be, because I'm telling you, those kids know who to come to, don't they? Uh, they know who to come to. And you know what? By the grace of God, Paul's saying, you know what? I'm available. I want to be available, and there's needy people. I want to be a person who knows they can, you know, text me, call me, call me in the middle of the night. But, Steph, every time they need you, it's always extremely important. You know, I mean, and, and it's not. You know, sometimes they don't even know what the problem is, but it's, it's a problem, and it's a big deal. But, but, okay, they're needy, okay? So guess what? Brand new Christians or Christians that are just coming along, sometimes maybe they're needy. But it's good for us to say, you know what? I'm going to be gentle towards you. I'm going to be available for you. I'm going to be helpful for you. What's, some, what's something else that can be challenging? They can't talk. What can we do with that one? Yeah, I don't know. What, what's some other challenges? I wasn't ready for that one. But that's a good point. They can't talk, can't speak for themselves. Um, I mentioned one. How about this one? This is kind of, I mean, it's so, it's so true. It's so true. It's uncanny. I talk about Era always trying to put stuff in her mouth. All right? Sometimes a new convert can get so excited about being saved, and they're hungry, and they want the word. And all of a sudden, they're like, 
Oh, preacher, you've got to see this guy I saw on TikTok. And you've got to see this dude I found on, on YouTube. And, uh, and they're just always trying to put a bunch of stuff in their mouth. So every once in a while, you've got to go, get that out of your mouth, you crazy. But now, now, sometimes it ain't nothing that'll kill them. It's just something they ought not put in their mouth. Other times it might be flat out dangerous, you know. And, uh, and so they're always trying to put stuff in their mouth that don't belong there. What can be some other challenges with, with an infant, with a newborn? Well, you know, and six months old, I'm thinking about era. Unstable, absolutely unstable. Uh, what, Hannah, Melanie? Lack of sleep. Uh, ha- hey, they mess themselves, right? And, 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 and you got to clean it up. But, you know, what, what's some other ones before I move on? Anything else you think we ought to mention in the, in, in the, in the regard of, of uh, the challenges of a, of a baby? Uh, yeah, like random bars. But, uh, crabby sometimes. Fussy. What's wrong with you? Uh, right? Uh, what's, why are you making a big deal out of this? Right? It's not that big of a deal. Why are you crying? Why are you upset? Grow up, you know, uh, whatever. Well, but, but here's the thing, that ultimately, no matter what challenges that an infant may present to especially, because I can say this as a dad and as a grandpa, but to a nursing mother, when it really comes down to, to the end of the day, why do they keep at it? I mean, our mother's not amazing, by the way. I mean, really, m- mothers are just incredible because they just keep at it. They stay with it. And, uh, and no matter what, they're faithful. That baby cries, they're up. Uh, I mean, and, and, and Paul, uh, Paul's attitude toward uh, these new believers was, man, I am gentle towards you. So I'm not like, well, you shut up. You know, Paul was not guilty of some shaking baby, you know, uh, the deal or whatever, you know. Uh, he wasn't guilty of that. He didn't freak out. He, he was, uh, he was uh, gentle. Uh, he uh, affectionately desires. I love this. His attitude, and this could be our attitude one toward another too, but, it, but, but affectionately desires just means he, you just long for him, right? And, uh, and again, you know, my experience is a little different, but I can tell you uh, I saw Era just this morning, and it had been a whole, like, three days since I saw her. And I just could not wait to see her. Affectionately desires. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, man, he said, I, I long for you. I love you. I care about you. He was so excited about these people who had come to Christ. He just had a heart for them. He had a heart to see them grow. And they were growing. He invested in them. And so we, we see his affection. He was affectionately desirous. You were dear unto us. Now, so we see his affection. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, if you, want to know a lot, if you want to know about what real love looks like, study 1 Corinthians 13. But 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. So true love suffers long and is kind. Um, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 The Bible says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. I can say this for myself. When a new convert or just maybe somebody that's uh, maybe been saved a while, but they're just kind of getting in and starting to grow in Christ, 
Whenever they say, I hate to bother you, and hey, I've got another Bible question, I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Sincere babes desire the sincere milk of the word. I mean, or newborn babes. So if you're saved, man, you ought to have a desire. And I am so thankful and grateful for uh, several of the men I can think of, and ladies for that matter in our church, to where, man, I was hungry when I got saved. I'm still hungry. Uh, but I'm glad those people were willing to say, man, yeah, you're hungry, you got questions, I'll do my best to answer those questions. And my, my, my point is, Paul felt this way about these people, a pastor ought to feel that way about people, and especially new converts. Uh, but the point is, is that we all ought to feel that way. We all ought to be willing to invest into somebody else. And, and think about this. Well, uh, I'm trying to get through these points because that always takes me a lot longer than I thought. Uh, now, I'll just say this whether it's in that uh, time or not. But I was thinking about this. Paul said to, to those people in Hebrews or whoever wrote Hebrews, he said that the, the sincere milk of the word. He said you ought to be teachers, you ought to be eating meat, but you still have milk. The idea behind milk is in order for uh, a, a mother to be able to produce milk, way she ought to she has to eat and she eats solid food and it goes in and it's transformed into milk you know you could say in a just very basic way of saying it but that's the idea uh you know being able to eat the word so so the way we get to be somebody who can help a new babe in christ or furthermore help other people to continue to grow by the way let me tell you something we're all still growing we're all still growing um but, but, but some of us have had the benefit of people who were faithful to give us milk and introduce us to meat and help us learn to, uh, eat, to, to take in some meat up for ourselves and so that we could give the milk of the word out to others. And so that's kind of the picture here. So we see affection, but affection always leads to action. Affection leads to action. These feelings motivated, notice what he says here, verse 8, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not only the gospel of God, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. In other words, what mother would not give her life for her child? I mean, you are giving your life for your child. Um, but what, what mother would not lay down her life for her child. Everyone would. And Paul's saying, that's the way I feel about you. I, I'm, I'm giving you the gospel. I'm giving you time. I'm giving you effort. But I would literally lay down my life for you. That's what Paul's saying to these people. We see his action. His labor and travail. Uh, I mean, that talks about the hardships that we've already talked about. The, how difficult it can be. But Paul, but love. Love drives that. Love is the driving force to these actions. We see her action. We see her work in verse number 9. The Bible says, For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail, laboring night and day. For one thing, Paul was a tent maker. He had some support, but when it came down to it, he would work if he had to work. And I'll just say this right now. I'm glad this uh, church has uh, you know, decided to support us to where I no longer have to work. But I'm telling you right now, if for whatever reason the church weren't able to do that anymore i'm telling you i'd go back to work uh to, to a secular job that's fine uh but i do like the opportunity to be able to be 
you know, trying to minister to somebody and be, be in the Word uh, more. But, but, but Paul was willing to work, so he quite literally was working. But, uh, but then he was all working in a secular sense, but he also worked in a spiritual sense. We see her work, we see her walk, the walk of a mother that we see with Paul. He said how holily and justly and unblameably. In other words, there is no greater influence on this world than mothers. Amen. And may, may God help mothers to embrace that influence, by the way, and understand what greater can you do than influence another human being or several human beings. What greater can you do? But that's one of the reasons it's such a big deal in the Old Testament about uh, you know, these men that would want to marry a heathen wife. It had nothing to do with the color of the woman's skin. It had to do with the fact that if you marry this heathen wife, who's going to be teaching these kids? Whose influence are these kids going to see? Mom is going to affect the next generation. And so Paul's saying that we behaved holy, justly. We lived a life in front of you. Moms make a difference in the world. No mom is perfect. He, he talks about being unblameable. None of us are perfect. But by the grace of God, when we're motivated and driven by love, we are able to live a life that is a life that is one to follow. Um, and so... We see her work, we see her walk, and then lastly we see uh, his words because now he brings the Father into it. Um, he speaks about being exhorted and, and comforted and uh, charged. Um, Paul considered himself also a spiritual father to these people in Thessalonica. So he spoke words. The Bible says, he, but number one, he dealt with them personally. Number two, he encouraged the new believers. He was an encouragement. And that admonition is encouragement there. He comforted them. This is, um, this is also the idea of encouragement, but there's an emphasis on activity. He encouraged them to do better. He encouraged them to grow. And then lastly, he charged them, which simply means that he testified to them out of his own experience. Um, and so he was able to use his life as an example. Uh, to be able to help these. And then ultimately, what was the goal? What was the goal? Verse 12, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you into His kingdom and glory. So, in summary, may God help each of us, like Paul, we've all been in, put in trust with the gospel. May God help us to share the gospel. See somebody born again. And when we see somebody born again, and whether it's somebody you led to Christ or not, maybe it's just somebody new at church, uh, you can say, hey, you know what? I think I'm going to try to make an investment into their lives. I think I'm going to try to uh, show some care toward them. I want to see them come along. And so, uh, so he talked about the affection. He talked about the actions. What's the whole goal? The whole goal is to help that child grow up. He says that you might learn to walk. Right? And so I'm wanting to see you learn to walk. I'm wanting to see you get out on your own. I'm wanting to see you, you you'll fall, but you'll get back up again. Uh, but the point is, is the, the, it, it all comes back to the gospel message being guided and guiding others through the power and the example of the gospel. So the challenge then is, may God help each of us. If you're saved, be a witness to somebody else. Uh, if you're a new Christian or just... Get, maybe been saved a while, but just now getting into the Word, 
uh, hey, grow, grow, ask questions, uh, be faithful. Just And all of us, if we just stay in the Word, uh, man, we can grow in our faith and help others to grow in their faith. And, and as we, we can help others as we grow in our faith. Because again, we're all still growing in our faith. Um, all right. Any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, considerations, corrections tonight before we dismiss? All righty, good. You got anything, Connor? You good? All right. Well, I'm going to ask Connor if he would to dismiss us in a word of prayer, please.